Hello, friends, and welcome to the Simply Live podcast. This podcast is all about finding joy in the midst of pain and sharing God's grace, truth, and love to you through real, raw, and very unfiltered conversations. This is Liv here, and I'm so happy that you have somehow landed on my channel. I'm so excited to talk to you guys today about being a child of promise. We know that today in in the world, there's so much confusion. There's a huge, just massive identity crisis. I feel like this is probably the biggest problem that we have in our world today is people don't know who they are. And so we go into these meetings, we go into sales pitches, we go into whatever it is that we do, or we meet new people and people ask to introduce yourself and we're quickly to to reiterate, you know, this is what I do. You know, you say, hi, I'm Liv. I own a social media marketing company or blah, blah, blah. You go and you rant on what you do for a living. When in reality, we should be saying, who we are. And I just want to remind you today that your identity is not wrapped up in your occupation or what you do for a living, but your occupation is grounded in the truth of God's word and who God says that you are. And so today, like I said, our country specifically is having a massive identity crisis. You have people that don't know if they're male or female or they want to have a sex change. There's gender confusion. There's there's these women that are fighting for femininity, for um, specifically feminism and the mas- demasculation of men. It's, it's terrible. And we're seeing people who don't know who they are. And so today I want to ask you, who are you? Do you really believe that you're a child of God? You know, in a world that is is wrapped around relative truth and live your truth and love is love and be whoever you want to be, we have to remember that we need to be grounded in the absolute truth of God's word. And one of the only ways that we can do that is by declaring every single day who God says that we are. Something that I started doing probably five or six years ago that really just helped me tremendously is... I say declarations almost every single morning, and I found some incredible declarations by Pastor Craig Groeschel, and they are all biblical. And so every single morning I would get up and I would go over to my prayer wall and I would read those declarations over me, and it was specifically what who God says that I am what the Bible says that I can do. It's not what my Enneagram is. It's not what my disc assessment is. It's not what my Myers-Briggs says that I am. It's who God says that I am. And I just really want to reiterate that to you guys today and to remind you that you are a child of God. No matter what Enneagram number or disc or whatever that you are, you are a child of God. And you can do so, so, so great things. Such great things. God is just wanting to just use you to further the kingdom of God only if you allow it, only if you receive the identity in him. And so I just want to say a few verses for you guys, just declaring who God says that you are. Galatians 3.26 says, you are a child of God. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, you're an ambassador of Christ. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's one of my favorite ones because we live in a world today where we're so ruled by social media. And so we look on Instagram or we work with brands and we're like, oh, I'm so excited to be an ambassador for this company. We're so excited to be an influencer for this company. Or maybe you look at your favorite influencers or ambassadors and you just think they're so cool and you just want to follow them. You want to be like them. And you're like, maybe one day I can be an ambassador. And 
the most exciting thing is, you guys, is we're all ambassadors for Jesus Christ. That is the most exciting thing, is that we all represent the name of Jesus forever. And that is the most important thing that we do. More than representing a beauty line, more than representing a fashion line, more than representing a healthcare product, we represent the name of Jesus Christ. And that is something that we need to take pride in. The next one is Ephesians 1.4. You are chosen. It says, for the for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose us to be holy and blameless. When you know that your identity is in Jesus Christ, we are called to live a life set apart. We are called to declare biblical truth over our lives. And so I just want to say to you guys, are you standing on the relative truth that the world gives you, or are you standing on the absolute truth of God's word? Because when you receive your identity in Christ, the way that you speak changes. The way that you declare changes. Your speech, your verbiage, everything that you use should change. You know, we stand on the truth and the promises of the word of God, not the lies that the enemy is trying to feed us. A daughter or a son of promise is no longer allowed to talk like a slave. I think that sometimes we forget that God already sent his son to purchase our freedom. So many of us are still living impoverished mentalities. We're living in the slavery mentality where we think that we're not good enough or we, you know, the sin from our past is going to come up and creep up on us. Or we think that someone's going to judge us. You know, we fill our minds with these lies, these slavery mentalities when God has already purchased our freedom. We are now a daughter and a son of promise, not of slavery. So we need to start speaking that way. You know, the Bible says all over is that the power of life and death is in your tongue. What are you speaking over your life today? What identity are you claiming today? Are you speaking out the truth of God's word today? Are you speaking those things that are not as though they were? Are you speaking healing? Are you speaking provision? Are you speaking opportunity? Are you speaking that God is going to change your situation around? Or are you speaking death? Because what you speak, you hear. What you hear, you believe. What you believe, you then meditate on. And you know what you are meditating on, you are going to now act upon. And then it is a, is a vicious cycle. So are you leading a life of victory today? Are you speaking a life of freedom today? Because you know what? I believe that it's not just about speaking life or speaking freedom over yourself, but you have to remember the legacy that you're leaving behind. Because if you are speaking slavery over yourself, then you are leaving a legacy behind for the generations to come of slavery. We have to speak freedom over our lives today because it's it, it's going to inspire others to speak freedom and to speak promise over their life today. And so in the context of identity, something that is like one of my favorite things in Proverbs 31 is when it reads when you read about a Proverbs 31 woman. And we know that King Solomon was one of the most wisest people and so I love to read Proverbs 31, because it talks about being a wise woman of God. And so, you know, I love it because it has so many different contrasting attributes. It talks about, you know, she she has strong arms for her work. It says she considers a field and buys it. She is up before her family. She is getting prepared for the day. But then it also says that she's a nurturer. I think that so many times there's this, this 
awful feminist movement right now where it's demasculating men and it's saying things like you have to be fierce or feminine. You can't pick both. And so you have these women who are maybe born with more masculinity or maybe born more of a tomboy or maybe like me, they're an athlete and they're not very feminine. And so then they're forced into this lane of you have to be fierce or you have to be strong or you have to be, you know, emotionless. And and the reality is God is saying, no, you can be fierce and you can be feminine. You can be a boss lady and you can be taking care of your kids. You don't have to pick one or the other. And so I really love that Proverbs 31 points that out, especially because in today's culture, it's just not portrayed that way. And so I want to encourage you guys today that you can be soft, but you can also be fierce. You can be nurturing. You're, you can be emotional. You guys embrace your emotions. We were born with emotions for a purpose. Now, feelings are not facts, okay? So don't be led by your feelings. We know that the only truth is the truth of God's word, but it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. You can still be a fierce businesswoman and cry. It happens. So just be encouraged by that today. So when you accept your identity in Christ, there almost always is a name change. Ladies, Think about when you get engaged, when you are on the path to marriage, how exciting is it that you get to change your name? You're like, yes, I get a new name. You know, you guys, I'm engaged, as you all know. Maybe you're listening to this now and I'm still engaged or maybe it's later on and I'm finally married, but I've been engaged for a long time, okay? And I am so excited to finally change my last name. You know, my last name now is McDaniel. It's going to move to Wysocki. It's kind of a crazy last name, but I'm excited nonetheless. And so God, also all over the word of God, talks about a name change. And so I'm going to read to you Genesis chapter 17, verses one through nine, really quick, just about the story of Abraham. So this is about the covenant of the circumcision. So it says when Abram was 99 years old, praise the Lord, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. First thing I want to say is that we all know Abram is real old. Okay. It's very rare even these days to find someone who is 99 years old or older. And the Lord is coming to him now and saying, I'm about to give you a covenant. I'm about to make a covenant between me and you, and I'm going to greatly increase your numbers. I'm pretty sure Abram was thinking at this point, um, okay, I'm really old, but if this is what you say, I believe you, Lord. But I think the second part of this is saying, walk before me faithfully and blameless. God is saying, when I make a covenant with you, you are to walk faithfully and blameless. Let me keep reading. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, This is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. 
the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. So God is telling Abram, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to now call you Abraham. And now I'm going to promise you that you're going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to do all these things. And we have to remember there is a name change. God was serious. God was like, Abram, you are no longer to think in your old ways. You are no longer to operate out of Abram. You are now to be called Abraham. And now I'm going to give a covenant to you and your people. But now there is an expectation when you have a name change, there is a shift in your behavior. There's a shift in what you do. And now there is circumcision. So I'm going to read to you Genesis chapter 17. Now we're going to read verses 9 through 15. It says, Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep. Here it is right here. This is a covenant. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring, whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people for he has broken my covenant. So God is being very clear right here with Abraham that when I establish my covenant with you, there is an expectation to be circumcised. Now, you guys might be sitting here listening and thinking, Liv, what in the world? Why are we talking about circumcision? This is a little bit strange. But circumcision represented cutting off the old, cutting off sinful nature and moving on into the promises of God. So we have to remember we have a covenant with God, but the only way to receive the covenant is through circumcision. That is the only way. And so when you see people who are living like hell, they say they're a child of God, they're not going to receive the promise because they are not circumcised. You guys, when you cut off your old ways, then you can expect the promise. When you cut off sinful nature, when you cut off sexual, you know, temptation and drinking and gossip and slander and sin, whatever it is, whatever sin that you struggle with, when you cut that off and you repent and you turn your ways, the Bible says that we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. God is wanting us to have an undivided heart. He's asking us to cut off those old ways of thinking. He's asking us to cut off those sinful desires so that we can receive the promise. God wants to give us the promise. He's just asking us to follow the covenant. So once you accept your identity in Christ, once you get that name change and you are circumcised, then there must be fruit that follows. 
There must be fruit that follows. There are so many verses in the Bible that says that you will be judged by the fruit that you bear. You will be judged by the fruit that you bear. And I just really want to call out Christians really quick because never, never does it say that we are supposed to judge the world. Never. We do not have the same standard as the world. The world, you know, in 1 John, it says that they're going to stumble in the darkness because they don't know me. The world doesn't know the truth. So we are never here to judge the fruit of the world because they don't know the truth. But when you become a believer in Christ, your fellow believers, your fellow brothers and sisters of Christ are to judge your fruit. Because the Bible says that if you abide in me and I in you, you're going to produce good fruit. So are you abiding in Christ today? Are you actually following him step by step today? You know, something I say all the time is when you play follow the leader or, or you know, that little game when we were kids growing up, you don't just follow the leader for a little bit because then you're going to get lost. No, every day you have to follow Jesus. Every day you take a step towards Jesus because otherwise you will be lost and you won't go, be going down a path that leads to destruction. Therefore, you will start producing rotten fruit. So when the Bible says that you will be judged by the fruit that you bear, the only way that we can produce good fruit is by abiding in Christ, by walking in Christ, by following him every single day. And you know, something that I think that Christians look over all the time is the fruits of the spirit. And so I want to just read to you guys really quick, the fruits of the spirit that's in Galatians chapter six, because, you know, why would, you know, unbelievers want what we have if we don't look any differently? You know, if, if during really hard times, you know, right now the world is going through a lot of things. If we are looking like we're freaked out and we're scared and we have anxiety and we're producing spirit of fear and of anxiety and depression, why would the world want what we have? You know, we get to live by the spirit. And so, you know, in Galatians chapter five, it says life by the spirit. It starts in verse 13. It says, you, my brothers and sisters were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So this is saying don't go on attacking each other. Be humble, serve each other, love your neighbor as yourself, but also don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. And so in verse 16, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you were led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So it's saying right here in Galatians 5, your flesh is going to be in conflict with your spirit. You know, Paul says, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I should do. You know, it's saying that our flesh, we were born with a sinful fleshly nature to want to satisfy our flesh. But we have to be led by the spirit. So it says right here in verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, 
fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And I said it like that because people don't realize that the Bible says this. People just want to say, but the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We just want to start quoting the fruits of the Spirit, but we forget that he is saying that acts of the flesh are obvious. And that if you were living by this, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. So if you call yourself a believer in Christ and you are producing rotten, fleshly fruit, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's why it is so serious every single day to get up and say, Lord, I need to crucify my flesh daily. God, I crucify these fleshly desires. God, I don't want to live by my flesh. My na- my sinful nature is so oh ugly. And I know that if I live by that, I won't inherit the kingdom of God. So God, I'm going to put on the fruits of the spirit. In verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. You guys, this is serious. We need to remember that we have to crucify the flesh. That is the exact opposite. That is the exact opposite narrative of what the world is pushing on us right now. These ideologies and anti-biblical narratives that they're pushing out on love is love and just do what makes you feel good and live your truth and follow your heart and be whoever you want to be. That is just so anti-biblical. The Bible is saying that the, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Do not act out of your flesh. The Bible is saying, crucify your flesh. Now, this isn't something that's going to grow the church. This isn't a popular thing that's like, yay, I get to crucify myself today. But the Bible is saying that as you crucify the flesh, you now get to have the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is so much better than fleshly desires. You get to walk in love and joy and peace and patience, all these things, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Now you have the fruit. So that is the fruit that we should have. When the Bible says that you're going to be judged by the fruit that you bear, that is the fruit that we should be bearing. In moments of trial, in moments of just hard times, in moments in the middle of the storm, we should be producing peace. And in the middle of hard times, we should still be able to have joy. In the middle of a lot of hate in the world, we should still be able to love more than anything. You guys, we have to be leaders of living by the Spirit. So I ask you today, what are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? Are you fighting for a mask? Are you fighting for a vaccine? Are you fighting for these controversial issues? Or are you fighting for the Word of God? And I'm not saying that fighting for those things is bad because it's it's important that we do fight for what's right. But the thing that we should be fighting for the most are these biblical values. We should be fighting for people to be identified in Christ. Because when your identity is in Christ, gosh, nothing can stop you because you know whose you are. You know that you are declaring life over you. You know that you are fighting 
for the kingdom of God. So nothing is going to stop you. So I just encourage you guys today to accept your identity in Jesus Christ today, that you are a child of God, that you are an ambassador of Christ, that you are chosen, that you are a daughter of promise, that you get a name change, that you get to be circumcised. And when you are circumcised, you expect the covenant. And once you are walking out the covenant, you get that promise, you're producing good fruit, and then you are now fighting for a worthy cause. You're fighting for the kingdom. You are fighting for love, for the spirit. And so please just remember that today when you are on social media, when you are fighting for different things, that at the end of the day, the thing that is the most important is that we are fighting for the truth of God's word. And that no attack of the enemy on your identity can destroy you. Don't allow it to destroy you because you just need to remind yourself today and declare to yourself today who God says that you are. I love you guys. I hope this helped you today. I hope this encouraged you today. Thank you for coming on my podcast today. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share this on social media. Follow me on Instagram at simplylive.co. And I want to be friends with you. You know, I don't want to just always be talking at you. I want to actually have a dialogue with you and to be able to help grow your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free to shoot me a message. Would love to talk to you over Instagram. Um, But That's all I have for you guys today. So anyways, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon.